0: I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast for reviewing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics, one individual issue at a time. We're actually doing something a little different this episode, so I lied to you, and I'm sorry if this is your first episode and we're starting this <laughs> off on oh a my. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so Sean and I decided that basically... Because eventually we're going to get to the IDW comics and we're not going to be able to do them all in a straight shot. I think we mentioned in a previous episode that 32 episodes is kind of a good breaking point for a season. So this episode is the our celebration and our wrap up of the fact that we finished season one. Wow, 32 issues and five one shots. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's only the halfway point for the Mirage series, really. Like, that's one of the reasons we picked that number. Listeners, don't worry, we're not going away. We've got a bunch of stuff planned for bonus episodes in between, so you're probably not going to see an interruption in episodes. We've got some bonus episodes planned for the in-between time, and we had plenty recorded in advance that Sean and I are starting our work on next season, while those haven't even aired yet, so... You guys will keep getting our podcast, but behind the scenes, we get to take a little break, and that's why we're labeling this the end of season one. It's amazing how far we've come, four
1: podcasts (laughs) in.
0: Yeah, Sean, this is not our first podcast. (laughs) Um, We've never been ahead. We we had a few things planned for this episode uh, that we wanted to go over, and we thought one of the best ways to recap what we've done so far is to discuss if we had favorite issues that we've covered so far and well we got it down to a sean ex- explain what you did for your list so seeing how there are four turtles in the
1: uh, the comic i i've chosen my top four favorite issues of volume one of tmnt and uh i picked one of the uh, one shots as an honorable mention just because we did go over them so it seemed fair to include those as well
0: I don't know where the miscommunication was I, I, I did a top five and um and one thing that I will say is I specifically our lists are going to be a little different because I left the, the one shots out altogether because honestly I feel like the my list would be my top five list would be the four one-shots and then... One issue. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like the four one-shots are better than any of the mainline issues. Okay. so that, That's
1: a sound argument. So, and I know that the other problem you always have is, like, whatever one you read recently is suddenly the one you love most.
0: Yeah. So. But, like, you know, I, I, I do obsess like that. And I think it's because the one-shots focus on the actual turtles and i think that's what makes them better reads
1: that is something that as i've looked back and i was picking you know there, there were a few issues that i really liked but the turtles were not the main part so it kind of discouraged me from putting those on my list
0: yeah 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 that so oh i was gonna ask you your honorable mentions but i guess you're saying that they're the the one shots
1: well specifically my my honorable mention i went back and forth between two of them but i finally settled on so my honorable mentions the leonardo one shot because it's Mm -hmm. basically a mainline issue and it's just it's some of the greatest Artwork in a book. Period. Like the visual storytelling is stellar in that book. Again, that that that's when we started noticing kind of them being able to do details in their artwork, and in that case was snow. And I I I don't know. I just really mm-hmm. that book is solid through and through. And I know that the the 90 movie did it kinda, but changed it to raf But
0: it wasn't snowing though. It
1: wasn't snowing, <laughs> and uh, since I've since I've gotten into Rise of i M T, I've grown more fonder of Leonardo. So he might be just behind Raphael now for my favorite turtle. He's the leader now. He is. It was such a throwaway
0: <laughs> joke, blue. <laughs>
1: but I don't know. I, I love just... that
0: about Rise. How Splinter calls them all by their colors. Oh, uh, that. I
1: thought that's what I sold me on was
0: Splinter. The funny one.
1: Oh no, not purple! He's the worst. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. Like, I I love all, all I love all four of the turtle one shots. Fugitoid. I'm glad we did it,
0: but I don't ever have to see it again. My honorable mention would be um, I can't remember. I didn't get the issue number, but it's the the one that I we've referenced a few times. That reminds me of The Last of Us with the the like lake pete the lake monsters 29 or 28 28 sorry it's 28 one honorable mention because i really liked that story and i really liked i don't know, i just thought it was really well done and but again it's like you said it's one of those ones that doesn't completely focus on the turtles and my other honorable mention was issue number four rescuing master splinter and another reason i'd like to bring that issue up is it kind of has something to do with what we're going to be doing next week i have some details on issue number four for what we're talking about on next week's podcast and i just wanted to to drop that here as like a little teaser
1: number four almost got on my list because it is a
0: really solid issue it's it's got, great it's got that cool second printing cover, too, that we have like a, a, an affinity for because it's the cover of the NES game. Yeah,
1: it, I, it has a lot of ties to our, you
0: know, to our childhoods,
1: and there's a lot of great action in that one. Again, I, I like the Turtles sneaking into TCRI.
0: Yeah, for those of you who don't remember, that was the one where it felt like... Two different stories in one issue. The first half is the turtles out looking for Master Splinter, and they fight the Foot Clan. And then, while they're fighting the Foot Clan, they they notice the T.C.R.I. building. So the second half of the comic is them sneaking into that building. And it was if that that was basically the story. And it was a really good issue. That issue has that amazing two-page spread
1: too of the turtles on the roof, just as the Foot Clan's about to attack them. Mm-hmm. I just, I I love almost every panel of the Foot Clan in Mirage, because I love that design. I feel like, really, the 1990 movie is the only one who got close to using it. I, I feel like, I don't know, they need to do a live-action version of that look, because you know, they're they're actual ninjas, they're not robots, they're just something unearthly about the way they're per- portrayed, so I, I just, I mm-hmm. love that image, and I'm hoping they come back (laughs) in season two.
0: So let's get into our list then. What is your issue? What is the fourth pick for your fourth favorite issue we covered so far in season one?
1: So my fourth favorite issue is towards the end of season one. It's issue number 30. Came out April 1990. It's Sky Highway. The uh, Mad Max crazy motor monsters issue. It's solely based on the visuals. I love every page of um, that book. I'm really hoping. Uh, Kevin and I were discussing. So, Color Classics 3 has the Time Traveler first issue in it, which is the first time I've seen it printed in a collection. So, fingers crossed, I'm hoping the Color Classics is going to be the whole run. And I,
0: uh, <laughs> it figures they would start uh, with the, like,. With, of all the TMNT stories that they tend to skip, the first one they go to is the one that we like the least.
1: Yeah. That, but, you know, again, I was reading that. I'm like, oh, my God, it's in here. So maybe, maybe. I would love to see issue 30 in color. I I know when we talked about that issue, the only thing that was kind of weird to me was all of Casey's monologuing about his car. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd been born with it. So, <laughs> But I'm not a car guy, so i mean for me it's more just all the really cool monsters that initial gang of motorheads that they go after the big lip lady that Raph hangs out with it has a very beetlejuice vibe to it which brought something to it for me but it's just flat out bizarre issue we've read
0: yeah it's good like a good heavy metal vibe to it too the, the the old heavy metal like cartoon it's like if they did a cartoon version of it i feel like that's how it would have been animated
1: yeah that that was one i was hoping as you know rise is over now which is unfortunate because i got into it at the end and didn't know it was ending but that's one i would have liked to see rise adapt and then the other thing with looking back on the season is that was a fun one to discuss because we had the i read comic book podcast guys on and they were a blast to talk with and uh yeah, that was just a fun one to bring other people in who, you know, are into the medium but not necessarily into the, you know, the property. So yeah,
0: I don't know, Get an I d- outsider point of view on someone who hasn't been overanalyzing them. But yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's a good solid pick. Uh, I it wouldn't have been on my list. Like, I think I expressed those views in that episode that I wasn't a big fan of that issue. But I can I can totally like it's got its merits. I'm just not into car stories and stuff like that and. I don't know, but it's 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 a good pick. My number four is issue number nineteen, Return to New York, Book One. Oh, really? March 1989. I really liked it. Uh, I I liked it because of I think its historic value. I can't think of another way to say that. In that it's the first real Wrath and Leo confrontation that they would run into the ground <laughs> over the course of the Turtles franchise, but. They had their disagreements in the book before but that was the first time we saw the classic Raph wants to go somewhere that Leo won't let him.
1: Yeah, when we I remember when we discussed that one and the way that initial first disagreement goes in that fight which is brutal and and I mean it's between brothers and you know you've been with them 19 issues so you have a connection It's just it's so well done. It gave depth to the brothers bond in ways that the previous books hadn't really delved into yet
0: yeah it definitely made them more three-dimensional as characters like they weren't just like a lot of times characters get along because oh we're the good guys and they're the bad guys so there's not going to be any conflict inside the good guy team and it, it anytime you you start fleshing those relationships out that's where you get more relatable stories that people want to read that issue ends on one of the better cliffhangers when they um you just walk in and see the Triceraton but you have no idea why Raff is around a Triceraton
1: yeah my only issue with that one was just the way Mirage put the book out was unique because that was after the Guests era had begun So it was Peter and Kevin were back on the book and they're back into the main storyline. And it it had been a couple years in between when they faced Shredder and were defeated and when they actually decided to go back to New York.
0: Yeah. And we said in that episode, what you're saying, basically, it's true, is they, they should have had more dialogue while they were in Northampton where they were dwelling on their defeat and the fact that Leo, you know, Leo got beaten almost to death <laughs> and they had to retreat to Casey's family farm to get a- away from things. And the fact that they don't ever almost like they reference it like once or twice, but it it takes away from the feeling of the book being an ongoing story when it just feels like they're all of a sudden now introducing past parts of the story and and I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm articulating myself very well here, but they needed more mentioning, more build to that story. If they had the whole time been like, well, when should we go back? When should we go back? It's not time yet. It's not time yet. Then I feel like that fight would have, it, there would have been a little more impact to it as well.
1: I think you had summed it up perfectly when we discussed it originally was the book is unique to read from issue one on because the guest period is... Laird and Eastman having to go deal with the turtle empire so they're they're more hands-off they did write a couple of those stories and work with different artists but a lot of those books in between before return to New York were just kind of stuff that they approved of and put out and I feel like if they weren't busy worrying about the television series and you know the action figures and probably the movie to some extent then then they probably would have taken the time to sprinkle in more of that, when do we go back?
0: Yeah, and I wanted to talk about this later in the episode, but now's actually a perfect transition since we're on the topic of it. That's sort of the biggest takeaway I have from the whole season we've done so far. Like, I read these books, I don't know, I want to say like 10 years ago, you know, I was first starting to get back into the Turtles, and uh, I was like, I'm going to read every single Ninja Turtle comic, I think that was the last time I read a lot of these guest era issues. And like in the in-between, I just would like reread the first five issues. I think John O'Connor said something like that. Like he had read uh, the first like five or six issues a bunch of times. And that's where it stops feeling like it's like a a normal ongoing comic. And they start having these guest era issues or start having these like everything becomes just a one-shot story at that point. Even though there is an overarching continuity, it doesn't feel like any of the stories really depend on it. To the point where there's there's certain stories in the middle where they're like, oh, this one takes place back in Northampton, but this one takes place back when they were in New York, but this one's back in Northampton again. And even that kind of doesn't stay consistent. Um, and I feel like the book suffers for that, and... I didn't really notice it my first time through because I was just trying, like I was reading the Turtles books for the first time, but now that we're really analyzing it, it makes me really excited to get to the IDW series like even more in this podcast because I love when it just becomes, you know, more of a soap opera and more of a, a everything matters. Every issue matters. Don't skip a single one.
1: It's more serialized. It's it's back to Rocket Men to the moon you know you get to tune in next time no I agree but that that's part of what's so fascinating about going back and looking at this book from the beginning as opposed mm-hmm. to if we had decided oh well we're gonna do detective comics all the way to 1000 and I don't i don't feel like you'd see that would kill us it would kill us but I don't feel like you'd see as much of a strange shift other than those first few issues that don't have Batman in them That, you know, DC won't republish because they're, you know, they didn't age well.
0: But (laughs) I actually tried reading all of Action Comics uh, last year and I couldn't do it. Like, I made it like 10 issues, the first 10 issues in. And just, you know, it's stuff from the 1930s, man. Like, all those issues felt like the same issue over and over again. You got to skip ahead to, like, till they figured out what comic books were yeah (laughs) but i love i love reading old books like that for like historical insight sort of the same reason i like watching the like the shorts on mystery science theater and stuff like that Mm. but yeah i couldn't read if you've read every issue of action comics god bless
1: you (laughs) i'm sure someone has but yeah that that's what's really so cool
0: about when you pitch this to me is
1: Mirage was their own thing.
0: And it's not necessarily the wrong way to do it. No, it's just no. It's really different, and I can safely say I prefer the other way.
1: You know, maybe Image, if we had picked one of those books from the beginning, it might have been something similar, but I don't know. I still feel like it, even that would have still fallen in the regular traditional you know, business model of, you know, here's your overarching yeah, story, a... and
0: you're going to do this, this, yeah, and this. Yeah, starting at Volume 2. Volume 2... All the volumes after that are more of a traditional comic book. It's, I, I think they literally just didn't know at this point. Because keep in mind, Ninja Turtles is a household name. We should even say, at the point we're up to in the podcast, have only been in like you know people's homes outside of hardcore comic book fans for a year. Right. Like it, it's not a very old idea. So like, I don't think they even knew. To do Turtles as an ongoing thing, because maybe they thought they were—they thought of themselves more as an indie book than as a Batman book. I think is what it boiled down to.
1: Yeah, so that—that's been one of the most fascinating things about doing this run. What is your number three book? My
0: number three is issue ten, Silent Partner from April 1987. That's the one where the Foot Clan attacked the Turtles and burned down April's second time around. Uh, antique shop right before their retreat to Northampton. Uh, another thing worth mentioning, it's the first main series "Gungala Gungala," Casey Jones' War Cry. The first actual use of it is in the Raphael One-Shot, but this yeah. was the first like mainline use of it.
1: So I, I guess we'll uh, screw the pooch, as it were. So the, that's my number one. That That is my oh. favorite
0: issue of Turtles. It's a really good issue. And I wonder if we would think so highly of it if it wasn't like a focal point of the movie yeah i was wondering that while i was trying to pick because it's
1: almost impossible for me to separate that issue from the movie completely like i
0: hear the soundtrack while i'm reading
1: it but at the same time i feel like the issue's
0: even better than the the scenes in the movie doing it well yeah cuz it doesn't have like the weird like sound effects like like when Donatello splits the water they get that weird harmonica uh, noise yeah, yeah, yeah. and like there's a lot of comedy in that part of the movie because they knew they were making a a movie that you know a four quadrant movie that had to entertain kids as well so it, the book is more brutal it's that
1: and I love the way that again the the foot soldiers are depicted and I said it when we did that issue but Them just coming out of everywhere, you know, it was so zombie movie to me, just bursting through walls and coming through the windows and the skylight and, oh, let's go out this stairwell. There's a ton of foot, you know, until the point where they get down to April's father's store. There's Shredder just nonchalantly waiting for everybody
0: with the rest of the Foot Clan. Little did we know it was the worm face, Shredder. Well, now you've ruined it. <laughs>
1: but yeah, that that's my favorite issue. It must have been weird to read if you didn't read the one-shots, since Raph and Leo's tie so directly into that issue.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that issue would come across if you weren't picking up the one-shots. I mean, I think they pretty much knew 100% of their readership was picking those up because that was when they were a quarterly book. So, like, you know, you had a lot of time in between issues. You you wanted to get anything you could. I I would be interested in seeing those sales figures. I'll bet they're pretty much one-to-one.
1: And again, as we've already said, but that is the last issue that's really important, I guess, until issue
0: 19. I would... Think uh, you know what? I'll hold off till our, my next item on the list. What's your number three?
1: My number three is issue fifteen. Uh, it's just from nineteen eighty-eight. I don't know what month it came out, but that's the Peter Laird issue where the Turtles team up with the retired superheroes. That that
0: I almost put that on my list. Oh, that, really? I, I was that issue. almost positive you were gonna have that too. Yeah, I really really like that issue, but uh, my 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 list is very turtle focused. <laughs> what I, I i sat down and i thought what do i like in my turtles books and all my issues are ones that focus on the actual ninja turtles as the main cast
1: okay that's fair enough what i love about issue 15 is already you know the donatello one shot was a love letter to kirby and i feel like this issue also was like it just screams golden age marvel but it's done in like a tongue-in-cheek but at the same time respectful
0: way silver age sorry silver age (laughs) yeah golden age would be action comics i get what you're saying like it totally comes across as like or like it actually uh, uh, going to the other of the big two it reminds me a lot of those parts of the dc universe that i don't understand like the uh, i mean i don't want to lose my nerd cred but like what is it, the Justice Society? Oh, like, yeah. I don't know anything about them <laughs> or, or or things like that. No, it definitely has those vibes.
1: Uh, it's very it's very fantastic for to me. And I, I don't know if it's just because that's a book I've grown to really enjoy the past couple of years. Well, think of all the
0: things we just compared it to like we compared it to marvel dc fantastic four all these things so we're basically saying like this is a celebration of comics yeah
1: yeah that what it boils down to is that is it's truly the most superhero even though it has superheroes in it because i remember somebody had thrown on twitter the question like are the ninja turtles superheroes and i was like no not really but they celebrate superheroes and the way it's done in that issue is great. I mean, one of the former heroes owns a comic book shop that Casey and the turtles are in.
0: My answer to that question is it depends on which version of the turtles. Cause to me, superheroes, the, the, the key factor would be them going out to fight, fu- to find crime, I guess is the way you would say it. Like daredevil or Batman would do. And a lot of the versions of the Turtles don't do that. Events happen to them, or they happen to be around when an event happens. And yeah, they do the right thing. So they are heroes, but I wouldn't call them superheroes. So, like, I think I I, I said, like, the IDW Turtles are definitely superheroes because they go out on patrol and they look for, for trouble. The Mirage Studios Turtles are basically like, hey, leave us alone. <laughs> and trouble finds them. So it depends on which version. So
1: I guess technically, then yeah, the the eighty seven turtles we grew up on are superheroes, since they really yeah. really hit
0: that home. But I just but back back to what you were saying about the the what issue was it? The issue that is the love letter to comic 15. books. Yeah. Um, n- not only is it a love letter to like what's in the comic books, but the beginning where they're at that comic book store is one of the most accurate comic book stores i've ever seen like i'll bet everyone reading that issue said oh this is my store this is the store i go to oh yeah all like that
1: yeah i i I still i don't know if it's how they got away with putting so many pop culture references in to that one image because it wasn't like oh well we'll just do like a version of batman like it's batman you know, they they have that um, in the Enterprise. I,
0: if you go back, if you go back and you look, you'll notice that there's always something slightly obscuring the logo, but you can tell what it is. Okay. Like there, there's there'll be somebody because I noticed that too. Um, same thing with the Michelangelo story where he was wearing the Batman T-shirt at the end. Um, there's like different. his pencil cup or something. I don't remember what it is, but something slightly covers the logo.
1: And then the, the other reason I really love this issue, other than... It, it's one of the few issues that genuinely made me laugh out loud. Like, I love that the speedster guy is racing down the highway in his wheelchair. Because he's like, "Yeah, the legs don't work so good, but I can still rev up with the arms. It has one of the best villains <laughs> in the Turtle comics up to that point. I really
0: like this guy who just in the end wants to be it's so weird that he never came back for anything though because you have to just remind yourself that hey all this is still technically that's the weird part about the guest era is like it's like they introduce these things into the turtles universe that you have to now imagine okay that's always there that's in their world and it's never gonna come up again
1: like i said in the mirage era northampton is the most interesting place in america
0: (laughs) it's gravity falls
1: pretty much <laughs> and this issue has one of my favorite devastating moments in any book ever at the end when the daughter of the woman the villain was in love with just completely verbally tears him down Yep. and i was just like this is mean to the point of unnecessary <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact that I almost feel like they're like, hey, dude, you want to join the team? Because they're worried he's going to off himself immediately. Like, that's how mean (laughs) she is to him. And then I I agree with Ahmed. The robots are cute.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of cute stuff in these turtle comics. They know how to draw their little cute things. Even the the mousers are kind of cute. Yeah, in their own messed up way. So my issue number two, to go along with what we were saying before, where you said 10 was the last like, issue that mattered. Yeah. I would go one further oh. and say my, my issue number two pick is issue 11. North and Hampton. I'm going to see that's because that's, like, right before, you know, they get to Northampton, and I just love the, and again, it's probably just because of its what's in the movie, but I love April narrating where all the turtles are mentally, and that's the last point to me where it feels like an ongoing book, and that you know continuity matters because they're addressing okay something happened last issue and this is what it did mentally to our characters uh and let's see where they go from here and then it feels like from for the next 10 issues it it was all a dream and <laughs> and and we're going to go off in all kinds of random emotional directions
1: yeah, I I didn't forget about Northampton. I think the only reason it didn't get on my list, and this is gonna sound stupid and I apologize to the listeners, but
0: because there's not a lot of action in it, it didn't stick in my head immediately. I love the thing that apparently was cut from the ninety movie the nineteen ninety movie is we get that great action y scene where Michelangelo is beating up the barn. You get a little action there. I mean it's not like, it, 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 it's at, he's beating up an inanimate object, <laughs> but the, the panels are really, really, like, there's a lot of movement in them.
1: I think my favorite part of that issue is the fact that they kept the Casey and Raph banter while they're fixing the truck. I know it's Donnie mm-hmm. in the movie, but the fact that that's from the comic makes me enjoy it even more so. Because it's such a great concept of just the two of them, you know, insulting each other and trying to do it based off the alphabet. And, you know, that stupid truck shows up later on a couple of issues that may or may not be canon, depending what they feel like that day. But I, I think the real reason Northampton from Mirage is not on my list is it's a great story that I feel has been adapted better in other versions.
0: Okay, I could see that. But you have to also remember that that issue gave us uh, the first Donatello. Oh, no, it wasn't even the first Donatello fixes hot water. Oh, no. Because no. the one shot was. That, that was way, way back. Yeah, It continued Donatello fixes hot water. Yeah, that
1: th- that's something I hope season two continues. Because, one, we, we need that trending. I, I'm really disappointed <laughs> Donatello fixes hot water heaters didn't catch on. No, I, it's a solid issue. Like I, like I had said when we discussed it, I,
0: I'm just not a fan of the April in Peril for no reason part in it. Yeah, that is very dated. But I will say they love to introduce female characters that aren't sexualized, which is something that's very unique, especially for comics at the time when you know image comics were just getting started, and like every woman is in a bra and underwear, and. And, like, you know, uh, I mean, I, this is a family-friendly show. I won't go too far into what other comics were doing to women. But they they keep them as people, you know? And they they makes a lot of them strong. Um, like, in that, that Egypt issue, yeah, they have the belly dancing parts. But the, she's also, you know, an a accomplished archaeologist that is the main focus of leading the story.
1: Yeah, I, I will say through Mirage... Mirage Run so far, you know, Renette, uh, I can't think of it, but the the other woman who fights the, the monster, and... Even the time
0: traveler the time they decided traveler. to make a little girl. Yeah.
1: And uh, the, the woman who has to fight the other one to the death to become the leader. The other issue we did with Turtle Recall that you Honorable mentioned with the uh, Gil men, that's focused around... Yes the one female left passing away. So, yeah, it's really fascinating to see in an industry that hasn't been too kind to women on both sides, I would say, legitimately, for a a startup indie company to really not have any real negative... I mean, I don't know, maybe the the girls hanging out with the guy who wanted to put the food additive in that guy's food, but that's, what,
0: one issue out of... 32 issues yeah i want to point out something we definitely messed up and 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 missed an opportunity on is when i was uploading the cover image for that issue the one you're talking about yeah um it when you look when you open the wraparound Mm. it looks like the turtles and the the grandson or whoever he was that are on that's on the cover with them it looks like they're about to beat up the women (laughs) because the women are on the back of the cover and they're like on the front cover looking like they're ready to fight and if you look at it as one big image like we failed to mention that it definitely looks like they're about to beat up those women
1: wish they're not (laughs) the wraparounds I'm going to miss too because I feel like we're not really going to get those in season 2 too often yeah so I I guess my number 2 we we can get to and you know we already discussed my number 1 but my second favorite issue of Volume 1 of Mirage is number 17 from November 88, and that's uh, Mikey's Samurai Fan Fiction. That was a
0: really good one.
1: Like I, I, That issue was great, one, because I had no idea it was Michelangelo at the beginning. It's kind of like the speculation over The Last Ronin, like right now, like mm-hmm. no one knows who it is. And It the, basically
0: is The Last Ronin. It, it's but... similar, yeah. Which is why I wouldn't be surprised, I mean, we don't know, this kind of dates the recording, we don't know yet who The Last Ronin is, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out to be Michelangelo, because they basically already did that story in this issue.
1: But it, it was that, and the fact that I had no idea that it was Mikey writing a story until the end, and it was done in such a great way that it didn't feel like just a guest error book to me. It felt like it was part of the mainline continuity, and I was just like, "Oh, what happened? Like, did they get time traveled to Japan again, and you know, a s- centuries ago? And now three of them have been captured, and you know, one of them—that's their quest—is to save them.
0: And that made me really happy too, because I really needed a justification for why nobody was noticing that he was a giant turtle.
1: <laughs> yes, it, uh, it, so that it's was another f- your number two that's my number two and that that was just another fun monster book like I I love the way everyone's drawn in it 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 was very it has elements of Robert E. Howard stories in it so that that endears it to me too there's a little Kurosawa and that's an instance Mm -hmm. where I will agree that the original black and white version of the book is better than the color classics because that last image I, I haven't even seen the color one yet so o- overall Color Classics 3, I feel like they did a really great job on like all of them. But something's lost in that issue by colorizing it. And that last panel could... where Mikey's walking away that I really would just love a big framed version of doesn't work as well colorized as it does in the original black and
0: white. They should have just not colorized the ending kind of like the when like the 2012 cartoon would end its episodes by like changing the color palette. Yeah dun 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 so that's yeah i don't have much to say about that issue unfortunately i'm sorry i'd love to to add on to what you're saying but like i pretty much said it all in that episode (laughs) no i i i
1: I was kind of surprised that it it got that high in my list but i've reread it and i just there's something really endearing about it i i almost wish that they would do like an animated movie of
0: it I want them all, like, uh, th- like they. that's the problem when you love the, the Turtles as much as we do. Like, I want them all as, like, episodes of something.
1: This is dating us a little, too, but when that uh, Suicide Squad game was shown, I saw mm-hmm. tons of people going, how amazing would this be if it was a Turtles game? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that would be
1: pretty amazing. <laughs> so,
0: they need a new game. I hope they get one when that new animated movie comes out. So you got two and one left because we already got to my one because it's on your list. I think I did my two. I think I just have my one. Oh, you get your one then. I'm sorry. Yeah, my number my number two was issue 11 where April narrates the Turtles' story stuff, the the first Northampton book. So my number one, and this is kind of like it might even be my favorite comic book of all time, is the first issue of Ninja Turtles number one. It's I've read that. I, I've lost count of how many times I've read that issue. I just love everything about it. You know, I'm,
1: I'm kind of surprised that's your number one.
0: It's just so good. Like I love the introduction of the turtles. I and we said when we got to our second episode that it already felt like things were different. I don't feel like they ever recapture in any turtles medium what the turtles are like in that first issue, and. There's just something about the way they're drawn. They're drawn very, like, almost more like lizards than turtles. They're very, like, flexible and, like, skinny. And I don't like the, the, the you know, they, they've got... They improve some things over time. Like, their their mouths are kind of weird in that first issue. They've got those, like, almost duck bills. But, um, I love the, the, the art and... Uh, it introduces pretty much everything. You know, they do their origin story. Uh, they they introduce Shredder. The only thing missing, really, is April and Casey.
1: It's an amazing first issue. I, I don't really think there's much else you can add to that.
0: It's, like, so crazy how it's got everything, and they they just totally didn't even know what they had. I mean, they, the phrase lightning in a bottle gets tossed around, but, like... That's what that issue is like you can see how this birthed an entire empire because it's just been, you know, 35 years plus of people trying to recreate what they feel in that first issue. I feel like
1: I feel like if Turtles never became what it is and that was the only issue ever of it, it still would be this legendary thing where people would be like, have you ever read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Like a, yeah, oh, you it would be read niche, this but
0: it would be like to people who it mattered to. It would be like their Watchmen. Yeah, like it, it. has that, or their Dark Knight Returns. Yep, exactly. Because it's silly enough, like, but it's still serious enough, and and it's I don't know. It's amazing. I really, I literally took no notes because I feel like it speaks for itself. I just wrote my number one pick is issue number one. We said a bunch about it in our first episode, and I'm sure we're going to bring it up countless times throughout the run of the show. So uh, that that's my number one pick. It's it's one of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah, and, and we, it, oh, we did your number one pick. Yeah, we did. We did my number
1: one already. I, I would say also with the first issue, it's one of the best adapted to film ever because the amount that that 1990 movie uses from that issue and uses well is stunning
0: yeah yeah no it is crazy how much they just basically made a movie of that comic and and i mean at least the first half of that movie and then other stuff is adapted from later issues but they pretty much took everything in that movie from the comics plural it was it was fun to look back but i'm I'm glad we're moving forward i can't wait to i mean i can't wait to be in the idw books but like i can't wait to do the rest of the first volume in our second season and and reflect at the end of that season on maybe the series as a whole and you know what the first volume of ninja turtle comic books did one thing i did take some notes on for this episode though is since it's our finale to the first season of our show i just thought we should uh reflect on the different guest guest what is what do we call them different guest hosts no just different guests we've had (laughs) over the season (laughs) nice so we started off with steve souza he did issues one and two with us good friend of mine he was someone who knew nothing about the turtles and came in, had a good appreciation for what he was reading, and, and really seemed to dig it. And, I mean, there's a good chance season two, we'll start with Steve, since
1: I feel like he, he mm-hmm. christens every every new installment. But yeah, it, St- Steve's fun to bring on. I When we had the uh, page turners, it was fun to bring him on for that, for, uh, was it Flashpoint?
0: So thank you very much, Steve Souza, and thank you to Scott Tofty from TMNT Minute. Yeah, that, uh, that's the Ninja Turtle podcast that goes over the Ninja Turtle movies one minute at a time. He was here for issues three and four, so that was that was fun. Yeah, that that was. I know you don't have a lot to say. Well, but no, I mean I, I, the only issues you missed. I'm at yeah. the very end of those, <laughs> but
1: no, no, those guys are great, great podcast. Definitely check them
0: out, Scott. I mean and we'll definitely be having them back for, for next season um, maybe a different member of that podcast but uh, we'll, we'll get something going good
1: lord started could the anymore. two of you go on, um, and
0: on. <laughs> uh, it was just <laughs> mm-hmm. oh and they're doing this great role playing oh, yeah. game too yeah. they're doing the Ninja Turtle role playing game as like episodes as the and, fifth like, movie making it as though it's the fifth movie it's very cool if, they include, if you include the CGI movie and it's, it's really good so definitely check out TMNT Minute. Also check out we had David Johnson from uh, UHF sixty second for episode five and six, and he that was really cool to ha- have him on for those episodes. I still haven't seen UHF, but oh I for know you God's like sake! And <laughs> what have you been doing <laughs> I'm in not quarantine, a big guy? I like like a few of them, but I don't really. I I appreciate him for what he is, but I'm not a fan. We also had Nathan from the Calvin and Hobbes cast, and he also has the Off Five podcast, which is an Office podcast show. The Office. Uh, We talked about that a lot off mic because I'm obsessed with the Office. So he came on for issues seven and eight. Then for issues nine and ten, we had Elijah Wood stop by, which was Um, very, very nice of him. Because I mean, he didn't say much, but he was here. Uh, then we had Zach from My Marvelous Year for issues 11 and 12. I'm almost caught up with their podcast. Uh, I believe I'm in, I'm somewhere in the late 80s. So I'm almost caught up with them. No, but yeah, that's a great show for you to check out if you like these comic book reading club type podcasts. They go over all of the key Marvel issues. Uh, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. My Marvelous Year. They take each year and they tell you like what the most important issues. Of that year are uh, so you basically hear them talk about like all of marvel comics history then we had john o'connor on for issues 13 and 14 he has the spectacular show podcast so that thank you to john and I've, I've checked that podcast out too and it's now worked its way into my regular rotation it's a, it's a great show it's like a fake late night show but it's hilarious i literally like am laughing out loud at work while i listen to that podcast so i look crazy <laughs> Ahmed Barucha from Adult Swim was on for issue 15 so thank you very much to him and sorry very much to him. I don't think we said this on the podcast, but the reason issue 16 was such a short episode was because Ahmed's audio didn't work for that one. So... Uh, so basically I had to cut all of him out of that episode and that's why it's so short is it's, uh, I only had the bits where Sean and I were talking to each other and it's terrible because I heard you and I laughing hysterically at whatever he was saying. So we lost some great jokes, unfortunately. So we're going to have to have Ahmed back for next season. Lost
1: in time, like tears in the rain.
0: And then we had Jason and Anna from Turtle Recall on for issues 21 and 22 definitely check them out uh yeah they're all over our twitter we're all over Uh, their twitter if you listen to us you definitely listen to them i feel like like we're constantly communicating so
1: yeah they were fun and uh yeah we we may or may not be jumping over onto their show so look forward to that
0: we had audrey wilson on she designed our logo she was here for i think it was issues 23 and 24 and the last set of guests we had was kara and nick uh, for issues 29 and 30 from I read comic books podcast. Again, another comic book podcast that you should definitely check out. It's the, just, thank you so much to all those people for taking the time to talk turtles with us. It was like, so nice of them to take the time out of their schedule, especially the ones who jumped in, in the middle of the series oh, yeah. in the middle of the guest era <laughs> where it must have seemed like crazy. Just like what the heck is going on? You know?
1: Yeah. Very, very special. Thanks to everyone. Uh, again our fellow turtle podcasters love what you guys are doing so check all of them out uh we're gonna have you know some new people on next season and then i i I think it's pretty safe to say that we've started the stable it'll be a mix the stable of stars yeah stable of turtle stars will be returning but uh no it's been a lot of fun we've got to meet a lot of great people and uh it's just a great fandom i gotta say i mean it's it's not without its negativity but I really feel like overall the Turtle fan base is one of the most positive and, you know, with it, you know, together as sort of a big online
0: family. So that, that that's really cool to see. So thank you very much for listening. This has been a much longer episode than normal. Uh, so thank you very much, listeners. If you could do us a favor, if you made it through this whole episode, you must like us. So leave us a five-star review. That's another thing I don't really talk about often, but... Uh, yeah, it really helps the podcast, so le- leave us a review. You can also find us on Twitter at Nerds, on Instagram at Nerds, and we have a Gmail account, TMNTNerds at gmail.com, if you want to talk to us there. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I can't wait to get... I can't wait to upload next week's episode for you guys, it's, it's, a, it's a surprise, but we're talking about something that we've alluded to on the podcast a bunch of times, a little pocket of Ninja Turtles, so that'll be like a bonus episode in between seasons, while, and there'll be a few of them, while we gear up for reviewing the rest of Volume 1 next season, so until then... Thank you very much, and I guess we'll see you next week. You're not really <laughs> noticing a break; it's just behind the scenes that it's just behind the scenes that we're having a break. So, we'll see you next week. Um, we won't be recording for a little bit, but yeah. So, thank you very much, and uh, see you next time.